0: So far, according to the Red Cross, 100,000 plus people have, have come in, refugees from, Na, from Na, nagorno karabakh as we call it, Artsakh, and uh, most of them are not in Yerevan. They are in other provinces. Uh, there, there are three different provinces that have gotten the bulk of the refugees. I would not say that uh, the bulk of them are in Yerevan. But uh, they've been uh, they've been received with the government assistance and also assistance from from the Red Cross and other uh, civil society or or organizations based based in Armenia. So there's really been a, a an outpour of assistance coming from society here towards the refugees. That is what I would say is going on.
1: What stories are these people telling? Um, the the ones I've heard are claiming that the. Azeris were planning ethnic cleansing, but Baku denies this.
0: Baku can de- deny it, but there's one thing that Baku cannot de- deny is that for 30 years on uh, on various media platforms and lately being the social media platforms, the president of Baku, AKA the dictator there, the dynastic dictator, I don't know if your um, listeners know that he received the presidency from his father, Anyways, uh, Ilham Aliyev, the dictator in Baku, has for years claimed that he's going to obliterate Artsakh and the Armenians don't have a right to that land, and he's even going to make it all the way to Yerevan. So his intentions have been very clear. Also, uh, I don't think it takes a genius to Google a lot of the war crime evidence that the Azerbaijani R- R- army has uh, has done towards the Armenian civilians. In, in Artsakh, there are a lot of videos of them decapitating old men that stayed behind in occupied villages. So I don't think, uh, so the Armenians were, were not going to take the risk with their children's life and stay in Artsakh when it's under a, an occupation of a dictatorship that actually calls for Armenian phobia and hate and death
1: to the Armenians. Do you think the events of the last few weeks mark the end of the Armenian presence in this region?
0: I never want to say never, but uh, it doesn't look good uh, from where I'm standing, you know, but I do not want to say never or if it's the or if it's the permanent end or if it's the ultimate end. I still
1: want to keep faith that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Are the refugees talking about the possibility in the future of returning to the homes they have just fled from?
0: Some have, but uh, again, I, I, I don't think right now it's the time to uh, to lend our ears to, on the surface, superficial purposes, or like statements like that. Like, it's always good to have a romantic pay, pay, patriotism, but uh, at the moment, the, the focus is to, to make sure the refugees that come to Armenia uh, are met with the required assistance for, for them to rebuild their, their lives and to make sure that their children Receive the education that they need in in the schools here, and that they and that they find jobs to to make sure that they earn and income. How,
1: and how would you assess that that effort so far? Um, are these people being um, hu- do they have homes? Do they have shelter? Do they have food and water?
0: Yes, yes. Like I wouldn't say I I would not say that. At all. It's, I haven't come by, I haven't come across a story where some of them are homeless or they've stayed without shelter. Each each and every one of them seems to have had shelter so far. They have found shelter, whether it's by a relative, a friend, or a family, or, or, or shelter in like a government built building, like a cultural center in a sort of village somewhere out there. Uh, But uh, a lot of them are staying in, like, they're being cocooned in, like, in one room or, like, crowded into one, two two rooms. But I would not say that they're out on on, on the streets.
1: You are a resident of Jerusalem's uh, old city Armenian quarter. Uh, You're in there now helping. Um, Have the Armenian diaspora rallied around?
0: Of course, the Armenian diaspora has rallied around, and there are some organizations, uh, relief societies, that have uh, really stepped up to the to the situation, <clears throat> and for the first few days uh, in the south of Armenia, when the refugees came in from Artsakh, a lot of the organizations that they met were or organizations whose funding a lot of the funding comes from the diaspora.
1: I understand that there have also been daily protests in Yerevan against the Armenian Prime Minister Pashinyan, calling for him to step down over the events that took place. Um, Are these protests continuing?
0: No, they seem to have died down in the past
1: week. What's the actual complaint against him, that he failed uh, to see what might have happened and he failed to uh, provide a military response?
0: The the complaint would be... The following that uh, the government has time and again showed that they're uh, that they have been incompetent when it comes to foreign policy and uh, security and uh, you know since we lost the war in 2020 there's been two other attacks that they that the Azerbaijanis is executed against armenia proper and you know the two two weeks ago it was against artsakh but uh, there has been there have been a few other cases where they where they encroach into Armenia proper. Uh, so one mistake after the other, one folly after after the the, the other, sort of hits the boiling point. You know, it sort of reaches the boiling point where the civilians complain that you know if the government is incompetent in providing the necessary se- security to the to the state, then they have failed in their mandate. They have failed in the reason why they have been elected in the first place. And thus they have to resign, maybe go to early elections, some sort of mechanism where the people once again can find some sort of uh, credibility in the government's uh, operations or activities.
1: How do you explain the fact that the Russian peacekeepers on the ground didn't even try to stop the Azeri attacks?
0: I'm not a political expert, but uh, my personal understanding would be that because the Armenian government has been incompetent and have been dealing with foreign policy, especially with Russia, uh, because it seems like the assumption in Russia is, or the impression, is that Armenia has turned to the West. And if any post-Soviet country turns to the West, then there is a season of uh, punishment, let's just say. And the armenians are in the season of punishment Uh, the question could be raised to the armenian government why why are they so determined to go to the west if the west is actually not providing any guarantee of safe security but uh, these are questions that are above my pay pay grade or the answers are above my pay grade but i think The Russian peacekeepers inactivity or indifference to the suffering in Artsakh has a lot to do with how Moscow perceives the the foreign policy tactics of Armenia.
1: And finally, um, what about the role of Israel? The fact that Israel is one of the main um, weapons suppliers to uh, Azerbaijan, does this lead to anti-Israeli feeling there in Armenia, resentment against Israel?
0: that's only a natural risk response you know that's only a natural response the same response if a russian peacekeeper is not going to hold, hold up the gun is the same response that the Armenians are going to feel like the israelis you know when the israelis give a lot of weapons to the Azerbaijanis. but i have witnessed in the last week that a lot of the media in israel has sort of come come around and they have started to I'm not going to say accuse, but sort of subtly hint at some guilt that the Israelis have in, uh, in providing or in knowing that the Israeli government uh, sold weapons to Azerbaijan to this to, you know, to affect this ethnic cleansing. And uh, although it's too late, but it is something that I can you know, consider at the moment.